Hey, Pride fam. Welcome back to a brand new episode of Pride the Podcast, featuring author Hannah Ferguson. So grab yourself a little treat and take a little time to hang with Pride. Welcome back to Pride the Podcast, brought to you by our friends over at Rehab Entertainment. I'm Adam Andrew Rios. I'm Mr. Braden Bradley. I'm Ashley Mitchell. Same thing. We're we're down. We're down a couple. We're down a couple, but they are um, booked in blast, and they're at some event for Pride. So. Yeah. It is, it is five months, so everyone's got something every night, and I can't wait for it to be over. I'm already exhausted. Yeah. Okay. Be like a fried equivalent of Scrooge, and that would be Brayden. That would be Brayden. That would be Brayden. <laughs> I also think... I'm just calling on DeSantis. Wow. Uh, uh, that's a little too low. Um, that but hurt. I think that there should be, after Pride Month, there should be a rest month. Yeah. That no one has to do. Anything. Yeah. I'm so sorry, Charles, Janae, 4th of July. I, I'm, I'm just, I'm unavailable. Well, I don't, I'm not going to miss celebrating America. Mm. Mm. I'll have a hot mm. dog. I'll celebrate on Juneteenth when everybody was free. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's right. What's your bit up to, you idiots? <laughs> Oh, well, I don't know. Adam, you want to go first? Sure, yeah. I was on a whirlwind adventure. Um, I flew home to Texas over the uh, holiday weekend to see my nephew graduate high school. Um, flew in Saturday um, on Southwest, and I only had to deal with two delays. Luckily, they were only like 30-minute delays. Nothing crazy. I was just like, y'all, come on! I I can't be, I can't be missing stuff now. Right. But they were great, you know. Got me there in one piece, thank God. Um, yeah, I flew in Saturday, went to the graduation on Sunday, flew out Monday back to New York, went to Sharav's um graduation on Tuesday at nine a.m. Now, oh. so we left the house at. 7 15 took a cab and it was still an hour because of you know morning traffic this shit was wild but it was great yeah um super proud of both of them and here's to the future hopefully he'll be making some big bucks late soon (laughs) money 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 that's right and ashley how is tejas um, Tejas is good. So this past weekend, I threw my friend Christy a bridal shower, and it turned out great. It was Harry Potter themed because that's our thing, and um, she was not ready for the level of my party planning. Oh. You know, 
all out. I had floating candles. I had golden snitches. I had all these like stations set up and had like feather quill pens so that they could write on and like a wax seal stamp and like, you know, I had the works. Wow. And then I made butter and triacle tarts, which I didn't even know that was a real thing. Like, How much did I, you spend? Huh? How much did you spend? Wow. Oh, ooh, ooh. That's, 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 <laughs> that's in a probes. <laughs> I spent a pretty penny. I spent I spent a pretty penny. Um, but it was all worth it. Like she cried multiple times, which is the goal. She was not ready. She was like, I was not expecting half of this. Like she was like, I'm so gagged. And at the end of the shower, everybody started clapping. So I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and my dad made fried chicken, which you already know. <laughs> Everybody dogged it. Uh, Chris's fiance, Paul, he came up at least four or five times. He was like, this is the best chicken I've ever had. No, but that ass, it really is. (laughs) You know, my dad is like, oh, glad you like it. I'm like, shut up, dad. Stop bragging. You know your chicken's. (laughs) Stop being humble. Yeah. Chicken and waffles, which was mm, Mm. delicious. Yeah. So it was really, really good. And um, one of our church members came and took pictures, like professional pictures. So it it was great. Great. I was like, did you post any pictures? I don't think I saw anything. I didn't because like because we had the photographer, I really didn't take that many pictures on my phone. Mm-hmm. So um, hopefully I'll post like sometime this week because he gave gave us the pictures and um yeah, you know, everybody kept saying, girl, you really need to start, like, a event planning, like, business. And I'm like, listen, that's a lot of work. Mm-hmm. I don't have, like, I would love maybe to work with somebody who's already established their business. Yeah. But, like, starting my own business, like, that's that's a full-time job times two. <laughs> and you won't be being paid for at least six months. At the very least, yeah. so I'm just like, mm, I don't have, I don't have the the funding for that, <laughs> <laughs> or the wherewithal. You but can, you, but it's always been in my mind. You can hire Nache. She used to event plan. Really? Mm-hmm. That's what she was. Well, before okay. she became an office manager, um, yeah, she did event planning. Mm. which i mean they kind of go hand in hand expect like the same with me when i was a cater waiter and yeah all that now i will down to like build a team mm-hmm. like because i just i don't see myself successfully starting my own business with just me like no <laughs> <laughs> i'm too add adhd all the d's i i can't <laughs> i'm focused <laughs> a, a big d and i don't mean dallas no <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> so yeah that's that's been like my main focus like since i've been here in texas so now that that's over i'm just like now what word pride focus on the which is going to be in new york which is going to be super fun and that's in august yes the end of august okay cute. so you're gonna be in texas until the end of august <clears throat> no <laughs> <laughs> We'll see. I will be back next week. Uh, hello, remember we're going to see the going to the view. Oh yeah. Say what? 
Oh, you know. <laughs> no. Oopsies. Oopsie. Who's gonna oopsie. be on the View? Um. Ray Metcalf. Oh yeah. What? Yeah, Because uh, you know, you know, Darrell got his hookup. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. You'll be at work. I could take off. I could take lunch. Oh, oh I, listen. My name is Bennett. I ain't in it. Mm-hmm. I took off and my boss said, well, it's technically work for you. I was like, I know that's right. Yeah. Exactly. Hello. Um, but what what about you, Braden? What have you been up to? You know, um, my mom just FaceTimed me at an answer. Um, what, else, what else could I tell you? Um, I went to the dentist. Mm, um, same. And working a lot because we're gearing up for a big old moment that we can't talk about. So I shouldn't have even brought it up. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been playing a shit ton of Zelda for all the gamers out there. The new um, one? Zelda was released a couple weeks ago. So I'm deep in it. Um, I I've lost- never played Zelda. Well, I did like when it first came out, but like that's it. You know, it's so good. It was like the most downloaded game of all time. Really? Uh-huh. Wow. Um, I've lost seven pounds. That's great. Uh, Me too. You too? Yeah. Actually, oh. 11 pounds. Oh. But seven pounds since I went to the doctor and they told me to get it together. <laughs> same like i'm unofficially down 13 pounds and for the first time and i can't remember how long i'm under 300 yes nice nice them overnight well one thing that's not under is my credit card bill (laughs) I, that's all I got to say. Nothing's happening over my over here. They put scaffolding around my building, which I went to the doorman and complained about because it's fugly. Um, and he started, what's he gonna do? Yep, 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 yep. <laughs> um, that's all I got to say. That's all I got to say. <laughs> that's like when people you come used to come to me at the hotel just complaining about bullshit. I'm like, I don't know what you want me to do about it. That's not a me problem. I'm so sorry. Right. He was like, talk to New York City. And I was like, Ugh. There you go. There you go. Well. But I'm trying to finagle if I can get like a discount on rent. I don't know. Maybe. No. I, don't know. I mean, no, but maybe. <laughs> I might just let it be. Well, it's Pride Month. Um, what yeah. do y'all have planned for this Pride? Um... I'm leaving, actually. So happy uh, June thirtieth. Don't worry, I'll be here for the whole freaking month. Oh, oh, that's right. You're well, going to Peru. Where are you going? To Tejas. Oh, I thought you were going <laughs> to South America. I'm going to Belize in July. Ah, that's it. That's it. Right. Yeah, this trip to Texas is just for my brother's second wedding. <laughs> News? I'm sorry? 
<laughs> Ashley saw a ghost. <laughs> my mom just scared the crap out of me. Oh my gosh. Hey, Diva Ooh. Mitchell. Oh, she left. No. She's like, are y'all recording? I'm like, yes. Uh, yeah, we are recording. <laughs> recording in progress. Right. Um, what are we saying? Pride. Oh, um, this month I'm going up to Lake Placid for the uh, Juneteenth weekend. That's exciting. Oh, oh. okay. I gotcha. Wait, what was the movie Lake Placid? It was like a giant crocodile. Yeah, yeah. It, it was a, a croc or an alligator. Crocodile. But it's set in Maine. I didn't know that. Lake Placid is in Maine? Well, in the movie... Oh, but it's not. Where is Lake Placid? I don't know geography. It's upstate New York. It's like an hour oh, okay. or two from Canada. Oh, really? Yeah, girl. It's like a six-hour drive. Y'all are driving? Mm-hmm. You're renting a car? Yeah. Hmm. Bouncy. Yeah. What's Lake Placid? Huh? Is there anything to do in Lake Placid, or is it just like a cabin getaway yeah it's more of just like a nature adventure so like at first the first thing we're gonna do is stop by it uh by lake george and there's like the um what are those rail rail bikes it's like a old railway station like the railroad tracks but they put bikes on the on the tracks so you can like do a tour never Huh? Segway? No. It's a railroad track. And then they put like a, it's like a little cart and you just like, in it's like a bike pedal. I'll, I'll send you all a video. Um, mm. But okay, it goes I'm over, like, it goes over yeah, like, yeah, it goes over like this, uh, like suspension bridge and. Oh God. Yeah. That, send that onto the group. Y'all are doing that for fun yeah it'll be fun and then from there going up to lake placid going to the lake and you know do some hiking exploring yeah fun it'll be cute yeah no for me dog um well i'm (laughs) (laughs) i'm really excited for the guests that we have on this episode i think it's a great way to kick off our first Pride the podcast episode for Pride Month. Um, so I don't know about y'all, but I think I need a refill. Let's welcome or get ready for author Hannah Ferguson. And we'll be right back. Hey, Pride fam. We would love to hear from you, so please feel free to email us at prideTheseries at gmail.com or DM us on Instagram at, at PrideThePodcast. Can't wait to hear from you all, and remember to celebrate Pride 365. Welcome back, everybody. We are so excited to have with us right now author Hannah Ferguson. What's going on, Hannah? Boop, 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 boop. <laughs> thank you thank you for having me and cheering me on it's wonderful <laughs> of 
course. Thanks for taking the time. I know it's Pride Month and everyone is so busy. So we really appreciate you being here. So before we get into your, well, I don't even want to tease yet. I want to know a little bit about <laughs> your background, yourself, where you came from, your parents, your bank account number, your blood type, <laughs> all, all of it. Birth. All right. Do we have time for, for <laughs> my life story? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Good. Um, well, my background, I've been writing for, you know, basically as long as I can remember. I think that's the story for many, many authors, but um, I didn't get access to, you know, the traditional publishing space um, until I became a literary agent um, about 10 years ago. And I'm no longer one. I'm not, not one anymore, but um, it really gave me insight into, you know, the whole process, whether being traditionally published was something I wanted to do. And um, it, you know, helped me make some connections and uh, live, I lived in New York at that time. And that was um, a big part of a lot of my various, you know, awakenings. I think that's probably true for a lot of people who go to New York and live there for a long time. You know, they discover a lot of things about um, themselves that they might not have in their hometowns, might not have had space to, you know, figure those things out. Um, so yeah, I mean, they kind of coincided in that way. Um, but yeah, I don't know. That's kind of a little, a little gist. I don't think I want to give you my bank account, but Oh, then we're we're cutting this short. We're cutting this short. Right. You know, so how I was did hoping you, for that one. I know. How did you transition from literary agent to now author? There is no easy way to transition, unfortunately. Um, while I was still an agent, so I was still representing my own clients, and I have some of their books behind me. I don't know if you can see any of them, but um, I was really lucky to represent some gorgeous writers. Um, and uh, yeah, I had to get my own literary agent. Um, I've been sort of, you know, I've run run the gamut of having a couple of different agents. That's something a lot of authors do, I think, as well. And I um, managed to sell my own book while I was still agenting. And you know, I think it just gets to be a lot, um, the creative energy that it takes to support your clients and support their books, but also try and support your own book mm. um, can, you know, they can conflict uh, a little bit. And so I did try to make the transition last year and I tried to make it as easy as possible on my clients. Um, I was lucky enough to have support from the agency that I work with in transitioning all of my clients to agents there which is not something um, that I think a lot of agencies can do. And I was lucky to be able to do that. So they all are still represented. Most of them are still represented by my former agency. And um, yeah, uh, the transition was smoother than it probably had any right to be because of them. So yeah, it was, it was necessary, but um, good, <laughs> good in the end. <laughs> So what, before you transitioned into um, a full-time author, can you tell me some of like your favorite things about being a literary agent? Like some of the good and the bad, honestly, because I, I don't know if I ever, ever, ever met a literary agent. So, <laughs> yeah. This is the first. Yeah, for sure. 
I think it's a it's a unique job. Not a lot of people know what literary agents do. There's a lot of opacity there, but um, you know, one of the things that that we do that agents do is they read queries. They get a lot of queries every day, every week. And my one of my favorite things was coming across a project that just kind of, you know, made my heart zing. I think there's just, there's something about a project that you know is the one for you that mm. just gets you going. And that feeling was always so cool that you're like, oh, I found something really special. And I, now I need to find out if anyone else has this thing that's really special and I need to fight for it. So that was always great. Um, and then, of course, selling that book down the road, being able to call the author and say, like, you know, I got you. I got you this great deal for this book. This publisher wants it. And being able to celebrate with them. I think I had more fun doing that with them than I probably did um, for myself, just sure. because, you know, <laughs> the spotlight on yourself feels a little different than being able to shine it on someone else and have them, you know, be so excited. But um yeah, those were probably the two the two best things. And, you know, I got to work on a lot of great books editorially and just support really nice people for a long time. So, yeah. Yeah. So were of... you reading scripts every day or were you reading like proposals or a little bit of both? A little bit of both. Definitely with, um, with nonfiction, you get a lot of proposals. With new writers, we tended to ask them to send in their whole manuscript. You know, it's it's hard to gauge whether or not someone can really write mm -hmm. when they're sending you partial work mm. and you don't know them and they're not published. And, you know, you want to be able to make sure they can actually do the work that, you know, when you become a, a published author, one of the things that happens is you then have to publish again. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, you can make sure that they can revise and edit and have that stamina and that drive, so. Yeah. Oh, I so go ahead, Adam. No, I, I had a question and then it just whoop. <laughs> so oh. go ahead. Right. Now, I was going to say, so what inspired you to become an author? Was it like a certain author that you um, looked up to or was it just like a book or a couple of books? Like, how did mm -hmm. this passion come about? Yeah. I mean, when I was really young, I always wrote stories like I, I couldn't pinpoint the exact thing that made it um, made it obvious that that was something I really could continue to do long term but I know you know when I was in um, the fourth grade I had a teacher who accused me of plagiarizing a short story How dare and this I know and I was like she was like she was like did you um, maybe go to the library and find a book that you liked and maybe copy it for your for your project and I was dumbfounded I mean I was nine so I didn't know really that you could even do that <laughs> and um and that really um you know screwed me up for a long time I don't know can I swear on oh on yeah 100 percent oh yeah let it fly all right. <laughs> all right um but yeah that didn't that didn't do wonders for my self-esteem but I was really lucky to then have in, in fifth grade, I had a teacher who I guess saw that, saw that I liked to write stories and he would ask me, he would just ask to read any short stories I I had written and would encourage that. And he gave me harder books to read than the class was reading. And so I got to read books that like I probably wouldn't have been allowed to read, honestly. Mm -hmm. um, and that was when I 
first read Sabriel by Garth Nix. I don't know if anybody, any of your listeners will have read it, but it's, you know, it came out, I don't know, 1992 or something like that. And it was about a girl who has this, um, this power and this duty to um, put the dead to rest, basically. And her, she discovers that her father has become lost in the land of the dead and she has to like rescue him and take his place in order to do so. And it was just my, the first in a long line of, you know, headstrong characters that I fell in love with, Buffy and, uh, you know, Jodie Foster and Contact and like uh, all of these characters. Oh, what's that? I said, yes. Oh my gosh. Hello. (laughs) It's, I mean, it was so, it was so ahead of its time. And um, I mean, Carl Sagan was ahead of his time Mm. period, but um, yeah. So it was kind of like he helped me get to those, those places and helped me get to um, yeah, to the place where I needed to be to, to actually like subsume some of those, those books and, and shows and movies that would, become you know the things that inspired me later on so thank you to that teacher i (laughs) i want to go out on a limb and just assume that this was an english teacher well in in fifth grade we were still like one teacher ah sorry you hear that that motorcycle in the background Mm -hmm. um we was still one teacher who was doing everything so he was guy he was (laughs) one guy who everybody was around all day long and i don't know how any of those teachers do it to be honest but bless yeah, them honestly i remember in elementary we, yeah we had one teacher for like everything and then it was until about fifth or sixth grade where it was like we have an english language arts teacher and a social studies teacher but anyway i um relate to that because and i my english teacher was that person for me and was just like and also my theater director and was like she saw something in me and was just like, oh yeah, I'm going to, you know, mold you. Cause I can already see where you need to be going. So shout out to, it makes a difference. Yeah, it really does. Yeah, yes. teacher, like who knows where you would have been had that teacher not taken that TLC, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Just- I have no idea. Cause the plagiarism thing really, really hurt me at nine years old. You know, I was just so devastated and, and yeah, if I had not had a teacher who saw that after the fact, I probably probably would not be here. So right, because well, we didn't have turn it in back then. Right. <laughs> Thank goodness you are, because without that, you wouldn't have written the Infinite Miles. So tell our listeners a little bit about what the Infinite Miles is about. Yeah. So the Infinite Miles is. Um, about a young woman who has recently lost her best friend. Her best friend has mysteriously disappeared um, a few years earlier. And in the midst of her grieving, she finds out that um, her best friend is still alive, but doesn't remember um, who the main character is. The main character is Harper. And at the same time that she finds this out, she finds out that the protagonist of her favorite TV show is is real and that he's actually the one who is responsible for the disappearance of this friend. And um, it launches her on this time and space journey to figure out what happened to her best friend and why this, this person, this guy who seemed so great on TV is actually um, 
kind of an asshole mm. and um, why he won't, why he won't help her. <laughs> so, <funny. laughs> yeah, right, exactly. It's, you know, I think if, if um, any of you guys or any of your listeners are Doctor Who fans, I think, you know, when you're watching that show, it's easy to really idealize the doctor and he knows everything. He is, he always has the answers. He always gets everybody out of, out of trouble in the nick of time. Um, and, you know, I wanted to explore that a little bit and also kind of look at the people that are left behind by the companions that he takes with him and the people, you know, the people who suffer, I guess, um, because he has stolen someone else away and is showing them the universe. Hmm. Awesome. Well, I must tell you that I've already pre-ordered it. Um, and for our listeners out there, it's available on June 20th. And I'm coming to crash your party so I can get your autograph. Hope you're okay <laughs> with that. <laughs> totally okay with that. <laughs> I need the practice because I don't know. I don't know what my signature is supposed to look like yet. So we'll <laughs> are you having like are you having like a big event or a party or like a coming out, you know, release party thing? If so, let our listeners yeah. know. Yeah, thank you. Um, we're gonna have a launch on June twenty second at Book Culture on one hundred and twelfth uh, in New York City, and Casey McQuiston is gonna be joining me as conversation partner um and casey is the author of one last stop which is a fabulous queer time travel story as well that is set in the new york subway which sounds you know kind of weird until romantic read it so yeah very romantic very sweet um so yes i'm lucky that casey will be joining me as well and uh if you are around please do come i do think there is a registration link on book culture's website just so they can gauge you know attendance but um yeah that's happening oh my god that's so exciting yes i know it's uh, at the same time as a lot of pride events in new york that you'll have to choose between so you know <laughs> fingers crossed mine will will win above some of them i <laughs> can <laughs> So how important was it for you to incorporate like queer themes and content into your book? Yeah, it was, especially at the time that I was writing, writing it, writing the first draft, um, I was coming to terms with a lot of gender stuff. Um, I didn't have a lot of understanding of like, what I was supposed to do as a as a girl, quote unquote, growing up, I think it was femi you know, um, femininity sort of eluded me for a long time, and it it really wasn't until I was in New York and I was around a lot of people who were dealing with you know the same the same struggle that I started to realize, oh, this might be what this is. Like it might be that I'm just not that I don't identify that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and that was really tough. Um, you know, I came from Colorado. I came from a semi-traditional household and very like white school, very conservative area. And it was like, those were just not things that you discussed. They weren't things that 
you know, anybody got to talk about. So I had an inkling that I was probably bi for a long time. Like bisexuality was something you could talk about a little bit more, but like, you know, gender fluidity, non-binaryness, like none of that was, was, uh, those were not words I knew. And so once I learned them, once I figured them out and I started looking into it, I realized this describes me in a way that nothing else ever has. And so in exploring that for myself, it made a lot of sense for me to explore it in, in this book as well. And I think that Miles is the character who is, you know, I would call, I would call him non-binary. He's, he's a him right now in the, in the book. Um, but he has lived a long life and identified in many different ways, which I think mm. is a, you know, an interesting, hopefully, <laughs> um, exploration of it. I think if any of us had, you know, three to 400 years to explore those things, then we might do that. 100%. More, mm-hmm. <laughs> so for me, that was true for Miles, and and he's somebody who has lived as a woman, and he is somebody who currently lives as a man, and in the future, um, maybe future books, if I get to do them, I don't know, but um, I think Miles will, you know, be exploring that, you know, as long as he can. So yeah, that was that was how that really came through for me. Um, and Harper, the protagonist, is bisexual, and that made perfect sense for me too explore in that way too. So yeah, it was um, a pretty pivotal time, I think, to be, for me, to be writing this and exploring that for my characters and then exploring that for myself too. So. So I would imagine when your book comes out again on June 20th, if it is sold in Florida, I can imagine that there'll be a lot of controversy, (laughs) obviously with book banning happening. Yeah. Um, if you could have a conversation with Ron DeSantis, what would you say with the book banning culture going on? Oh my God. I mean, the thing I come back to with all of that over and over is just, why do you care? Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I, I cannot, I can't wrap my brain around why they care so much, you know? And I think, um, I think that they're just, distracting from a lot of other things that are actual problems. Um, but I suppose that's where I would start. <laughs> <Yeah>. Why do you care? <laughs> why, why do you care about this? I don't know. I don't know where to, I don't know where else to start. You know, why are you so concerned about something that has nothing to do with you? Apparently. I know it's really like, it's easy to, well, maybe it's not easy. I don't know. Maybe they have conversations about how they're going to, blame trans people for everything but like you know there's there are answers that I get to that question which is probably answers you've all heard they're indoctrinating our kids they're making them to be this way they're teaching them to do this and I just I want to know where the evidence for that is like I want to know like can you show me where that's happening I don't know if media and all those things influence people's sexuality, then everybody would be straight. Right. <laughs> right. Right. Like I tried so hard to be all growing up because that was what I was told right. was the normal thing. Exactly. You know, if even I can figure it out for myself, at least that, 
you know, that I am bisexual in high school in the midst of a, of a conservative, super duper white school. Like, I think, I think a lot of kids probably are figuring those things out regardless of how often or how aggressively you tell them that they should be straight. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was challenging for us growing up and we weren't dealing with book bans. I mean, we were dealing with LGBTQ issues, but not, I don't think, not at this polarizing, brutal, just disgusting demeanor. So I can only imagine what these poor children are going through right now. Right. And it's- yeah, I know. It's, it's, it's really upsetting. It is. And I think, you know, you mentioned like Florida specifically, and I think about whether or not um, I would ever that, you know, because there are there are book fairs in Florida. There are, you know, even just regular bookstores down there that invite authors every year, prominent authors like people who, you know, are big names. And, you know, if I ever got an invite to something like that, I I have wondered if I would go, if I would even, I, uh, I think it would be scary <laughs> to, like, uh, to, to put yourself in that situation. And I, I don't know, I don't know what the right answer is because there are still kids there that need to see people like us, you know, in their spaces, they still need access to people like us. And I don't, it's yeah. tough. You know. Well, at, at the very least with your book coming out, that is, you know, keeping the conversation alive and mm-hmm. keeping, you know, making space for queer people as it should be, you know, so you are helping move that dial, you know, inch by inch, you know, we I all are. So. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, uh, you know, here at Pride the Podcast, we would sometimes forget that, you know, we are moving this dial or, um mm-hmm providing a space for people to hopefully hear and listen and keep cut up and kiki with us you know right but, and it's yeah, yeah. It, you, we don't feel like we're doing anything but you know we are we are changing mm-hmm. lives here at pride the podcast <laughs> <laughs> little by little yeah you know yeah it's true that's all you can do yeah absolutely Just being there i was recently yeah. i was who was i or it was at a graduation Oh, it was my nephew's high school graduation um, and the salutatorian was giving her speech and she was talking about how important presence is. And, you know, she was like, my parents were immigrants who had to sacrifice and weren't always at events. And I related a lot to that because my parents both had to work during the day and they weren't ever at school functions and this and that and the other or whatever, but they made it up for it in different ways. And I never went without and stuff like that, but it, it rang true. Like presence is very important. It just showing up just, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's important. Yeah. Especially now that it's pride it, month, you know, <laughs> but speaking of pride, yeah. um, I mean, Oh yeah. <laughs> No, no, go ahead. Well, yeah, uh, before we let you go, I just have one more question. What does pride mean to you? Oh, gosh, that's a big question. (laughs) Because, you know, I think a lot of us um, probably took a long time to get to a place where we're proud of who we are. Mm. And I I mean, for, for me, I think that is what it means. It's just that struggle of 
with, you know, internally and externally with, with other people and with myself of accepting that this is who I am and that that's okay. That that is not just, you know, like, you know, confetti and glitter and like wonderful and yay. It's like, it's, it's fine. It's also just good and normal and like, you know, coffee in the morning, whatever it's, it's every day. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm proud that to me, this is my every day now and I can accept that and not worry about it and struggle with it all the time. <laughs> That's beautiful. I'm into that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anna, thank you so much for coming on Pride the Podcast and chatting with us. You were lovely. Congratulations to The Infinite Miles. I cannot wait to read it. Um, And for our listeners out there, remember that The Infinite Miles goes on sale June 20th. And if you live in Florida and the book happens to be banned, just download it on Kindle or download the audiobook. <laughs> yeah. We have a really great narrator. So I, I recommend I recommend doing that. So thank you guys so much. Thank you. Thank you, Hannah. Happy Pride. Find you on social media. Oh, yes, I am. um, I'm really, it's easy to find me because I'm just at Hannah Ferguson, how you spell it. But um, Ferguson is spelled F-E-R-G-E-S-E-N. So it's a little weird. Um, but I'm at Hannah Ferguson on Twitter and Instagram. Um, I have not yet dipped my toe into creating TikToks, but I'm on there. So, you know, if if I get enough people following me, maybe I'll be inspired. We'll see. Um, but otherwise, those are the those are the places. I hear that. Mm. <laughs> well, thank you again and happy pride. Thank, Thank you. you. Happy Pride. Pride. <laughs> Bye. 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 And we're back. back. I love them. Yeah. Hannah was great. Hannah was great. Wait to read the book. Yeah, I need something new to read. And it sounded really interesting. So mm. I'm pre-order that pre-order it I don't know if I've ever read like a time travel oh bitch (laughs) I took AP English okay did you take the AP test I did (laughs) what did you get a two (laughs) yeah we made a two which is good because I mean we only had I think one person made a four, ew, and then like a few threes, a bunch of twos, and then a few people made one. So at least I wasn't in that bunch. I think I made a one or two as well. Yeah, it's, it's hard. That was during my like coming out era, and I didn't give a fuck because I already knew I was going to college because my parents were going to make me go there so I didn't have to leave 30 minutes from home so they could keep security on me so they didn't make sure I turned out to be gay. And look at me now. Just as gay as the days long. (laughs) Gay is a picnic basket. It depends on what kind of picnic basket. What? Yeah, they're all gay. They are? Who's gay? The ones at Target are not because they will not sell them. But they're still still selling some things. But did you see um, the Crafty Lumberjacks, Mm -hmm. Friends of the Pot? 
posted on their um, Instagram how they went to go buy merch that was in Target, but they wouldn't actually sell it to them, even though it was still on display. Right. Like it would scan and it would say it pop, a message would pop up. It was like, do not sell this item. Yeah. I was that's like, insane. that's insane. That is so silly and stupid. Well, Walmart's still selling their stuff. They sure are. And also friends yeah. of the pod, uh, gay pride apparel have their merch in Walmart, bitch. Sure do. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's amazing. Remember when it was cool to sell Pride stuff? Kind of. Kind of, yeah. Now it's now they they're now they're not selling it. This is so silly. Target has always been like that roller coaster. Like mm-hmm. we're like, oh, we hate the gays. Now we love the gays. Now we hate you again. Like right. Make mind. Yeah. Well, I don't have time for it. Mm. Well, it's their loss. They're losing out on money. So, yeah, they still gonna get their money though. Unfortunately, yeah, they're too big to like you know that to really stop their bag. <laughs> <laughs> but it'll hurt a little bit. You know who else's bags getting stopped? Who? Texas drag queens. Uh, I know. <sighs> When I got the, um, who was it, Darrell sent to our group chat, and I was like, oh, no, like, audibly. Mom's like, what happened? She went to mom mode, but I was like, I'm fine. But <laughs> this is not cool. So, yeah, just, it's just, like, in it. public spaces, which, I mean, is kind of what I think is what's happening in Florida. Because, like, the article, the, the headline makes it sound like all ba- drag is banned. Like, it's illegal. Right. But, you know, the more you read, it's just like, well, in public spaces, which is also just like, this is so stupid. Or at least public spaces where children are present. And it's just like. That is, I I would love someone to actually break down and explain how drag means is sexualizing children. Right. But Catholic priests aren't. Right. Hello. Hello. Mm-hmm. Hello. Mm-hmm. Well, no, this world. This I wonder what, like, what the end goal is. Like, how long are we going to, is this going to go on? It ain't looking too good, sis. It's showing, especially since Joe Biden fell at that commencement. I know, I know. Um, I was like, yes, girl, fell, tumbled. Scarlet took a tumble. (laughs) Not Scarlet. (laughs) I like saw on ABC. I was scrolling, and it it just shows him on the ground. And I was like, no, Joe, no. How many people? How time? How many times have you fallen? That's not the point. I'm not the commander in chief, and I'm supposed to be. He tripped over a sandbag. I was like, ooh, some PA is fired. (laughs) (laughs) Like, what is this sandbag doing here? Mm -hmm. I hate to break it to you, but the commander-in-chief is a human, too. He's not supposed to be. He's supposed to appear omnipotent. (laughs) Will you spell omnipotent for me? Ooh. 
Omnipotent. O M N E P T A N T E N T. I'll allow it. <laughs> no wonder you got a one on that AB test. <laughs> e for effort. Thanks. You know, I I went for it. Uh, but no, they're well, just gonna use that as fuel and just be like, see, he's old and crusty and has is is feeble. All and- the old. Yeah, they've always been old. Well, they, I guess they haven't always been old, but in the past decade plus, not plus, mm. everybody's old. You see old, big old Chris Christie's back in it. Is she? Yeah. Um, a Republican Indian is running from, I think, Florida. An Indian or Native American? Indian from the country of India. Just wanted to clarify. Make yeah. Sure you weren't oh, girl, no. Um, we don't say for Native Americans or Indigenous. First Americans. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, Sharav sent me a, a, an article about it, and I was just like, hmm, I'm curious to see how this will pan out because. He's run- huh? He's running for president? Yeah. Well, I don't know if he's, like, launched his bid yet officially, but, like, I'm pretty sure he's going to. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he's brown, so. Right. They'll, they're just going to use the whole birther thing. He's a terrorist, even though. What? <laughs> like, India had People nothing to do. So ig- Ignorant. They just see brown and they just assume. Yeah. I'm sure. Well, before we end this episode, I think we should all do a round robin. Okay. And talk about what pride means to us. <laughs> you go first. Okay, I'll go first. <laughs> um, what pride means to us. Kind of what um we were talking about earlier, just like taking so long to be comfortable with yourself and proud of yourself, just that journey. Um, When you get to the other side, looking back on that journey and realizing all of the struggles like made you who you are today and more of a stronger person and more of a proud person. So I hate to say it as much of the bullshit that I went through growing up, but I literally wouldn't be who I am today if I didn't have that bullshit. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. So I guess pride means bullshit. Cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's fair. Pride means to me, um, you know, just feeling that you have made it through the bullshit and are comfortable with yourself and just letting the world see you for who you truly are and living unabashedly and just taking pride in who you are. Mm-hmm. I literally repeated what I said. Yeah, but I made it sound better. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to make it sound the best. <laughs> <laughs> no, pride means to me living out loud and not letting anybody dictate how you move about in the world. Mm-hmm. Being authentically yourself and not adjusting 
to fit into certain spaces, but just continuously being yourself. So. If you don't live in Texas or Florida or Montana. Right. Right. Yeah. If that's the case, then you need to be a straight white man. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, make it happen. <laughs> <laughs> but don't, don't like transition or anything because that's not that's not cool either you just have to be you just have to be without transitioning yeah 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 yeah. <laughs> then you're set then you're all set right also on the whole drag queen thing i don't want to see no more straight men getting money by being a drag queen mm. if, if we hate it so much very that so or mrs doubtfire tootsie big yep. mamas yep professor i don't want to see none of that since we don't like drag right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. sorry mm-hmm. tyler perry we're so sorry <laughs> right tyler perry I tyler was- would not have a career without being in drag hello we should go back well it's been 25 years and he should have to pay back all of the money that he has got to mm-hmm. private podcasts first of all he should pay it to us for sure. <laughs> but since it's now essentially illegal to be in drag, we basically own Tyler Perry Studios. Basically. I mean, essentially. I, I like that narrative. I'm going to write him a letter. <laughs> write him a letter. I'm going to. Anyways, gonna. thank you guys for joining us for another episode. Yeah. Stay tuned. We've got a lots of fun thing things planned for Pride Month. Um and so yeah. Subscribe, listen, share. Brayden, where can the fans reach you? Well, they can reach me on my Instagram at Mr. Braden Bradley, or if you want to get professional with it, you can go to my website, BradenBradley.com and get in touch. Okay. Got all the professional shawty. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> you can find me, Ashley, at Ashley Aaron M on all social media. And um, I'm on LinkedIn for the professional shoddies. And you can also find Darrell at I am Darrell Anthony on social media and IL on at the fabulous spinster on social media. And you can find me Anthony. Okay, bye. <laughs> and you can find me Adam Andrew Rios at Boxed Wine Poppy with a zero on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Uh, my Twitter is still not safe for work. So <laughs> let that be known. Um, you can also follow us at Pride the Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. And you can email us at prideTheseries at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Uh, yeah, share us your most like memorable pride moments and we can share them on the on on the next pod. That'll be fun. Love it. And thank you again, Hannah Ferguson, for coming on the pod. And don't forget everyone that her book is now available for pre-sale out June 20th. Yeah. All right, guys. <laughs> Till next time. Bye. Bye.